Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Talking Disney Podcast. And this is the show where we like to talk about the Disney canon. And we finished reviewing all of the films. And so now we're talking with content creators and talking about their rankings and their experience watching the Disney canon. It's going to be so much fun. We've really enjoyed doing this. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Stanford is here. Hi there. Hi, and we have ours, our special guest today. We have Richard Southworth here, and he's been a friend of the channel since it started, basically, and uh, been a, uh, a friend of mine, fellow blogger. And Richard, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. So, yeah, thank you, Richard. So excited about this. <laughs> yeah, and we would have just had you on for the Secrets of Dumbledore discussion if you... Mm-hmm. Uh, if y'all listening, if you want to hear more from Richard, he was on basically all of our Harry Potter discussions that we had. So that was fun. Yeah. So why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit to the Talking Disney audience? Okay. Well, he, basically, I like doing uh, book and and film reviews on my both on my blog and also on Goodreads and and Letterboxd and. Uh, Hey, and haven't been like hey, since I became a blogger, I've been like hey, following Rachel and Rachel and doing her uh, watching watching a series on Disney films and obviously the talking Disney podcast. And it, um, I didn't really like having a particular uh, plan when I started started watching these rewatching the Disney films myself. I just got after hey, I think around after the time that they finished, I the finished with the talking Disney run through. I uh, just thought I was gonna have a look at Snow White. I see what it was like because I think I watched it as a as a child and didn't remember it all that well. And yeah. then and then and I think a little while after that I looked at Pinocchio because it was because because we've having Disney Plus you just got all the films available and then I just thought after that how about I I just carry on watching these in order and uh, and see about making my own ranking and see how it compares. See, this is really cool. Do you think, Stanford, that we've actually inspired somebody to start their own canon watch? I know. It makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what we would have definitely hoped. And uh, what do you think is something that you learned from watching all of the from watching the canon? Well, it was interesting to have a, like I already knew a bit about the history behind the films and like the separate eras and what was coming behind the scenes and like with the the wartime era when the studio wasn't doing so well financially, they had to like throw together what they had, and they, mm-hmm. and then and things had changed after Walt Disney himself died. But uh, it was it was interesting to like watch the films in order, and then I'd be able to see that in practice, like being able to see the the changes in style, and in quality, and like you can pick out things like the recycled animation when they were trying like you. Cheaper processes. So basically, it was like I see it, like taking that history and, and seeing it in in practice, and also, you know, I kind of I've walked away kind of reflecting on like like how these how these films appeal to to adults. I mean, I've been watching mm-hmm. Disney films as an as an adult since since the revival era because I can't. Because like my main childhood period was the Renaissance, and then I kind of stopped stopped watching during the post Renaissance era when the films were actually coming out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, hey, yeah, that, and there were and there were various films obviously from before that time that I watched on VHS, and I knew I watched so many times that I knew off the 
basically in my heart. But actually being able to to revisit those those films with fresh eyes, I'm able to like see them as like an adult reviewer, and hey, I can see mm-hmm. about the see the details and appreciate them in that light and understand that you don't that people of any age can appreciate mm-hmm. these things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's what Walt said that he, you know, wasn't making movies for for children, and you know he definitely saw it as an elevated art form, not as you know just something for for kids. Yeah. But I think it is an interesting experience watching the canon in chronological order. We didn't do that this time because we just wanted to do something different. But uh, but I think you're right in that it can kind of teach you about the about the history of really the world kind of as you watch, yeah, but yeah. certainly this brand as it evolves and changes depending on the time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a bit difficult at times, like first getting through the, the package films, which I wasn't so, so keen on. And then <laughs> particularly in the post Renaissance where you got like five pretty, pretty awful films in yeah. a row. So I had to get through those to get to the revival era and, and the good stuff again. But I kind of felt I could appreciate it best if I was watching it in in chronological order. What do you think about that, Sanford, watching when you do watch it in chronological order? You know, I really appreciate what Richard's saying because, yeah, it really gives you an interesting perspective on the progression of of the studio, both artistically and also historically. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also really enjoyed how we did it this last time, Rachel, by mixing it up, you know, because... I think partly because sometimes I think when I did the chronological watch, I knew when I was hitting that horrible period <laughs> during the early 2000s, I was just, even though it was only like four or five films still, I just, oh, you know, dreading it. <laughs> Whereas yeah. this, you can kind of spread it, just spread the torture out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I wanted us to still remain friends at the end of this. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, I guess if you've already got some idea of the of the films, then it's okay to watch them in a in a random order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was my third time watching the Disney canon. Yeah, uh, for the blog, and then you did the video yeah. series. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, which I have to update. I'm behind uh, the because I, I don't even think I think I did Ralph breaks the internet, but I think it's the last one. So I'm way behind on those videos, but uh, they're a lot of work. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah. So, but, but yeah. It, uh, were there a lot of films that you hadn't seen? Uh, I hadn't. Uh, I hadn't seen any of the package films, mm-hmm. aside from vague memories of watching the Free Caballeros when I was very young. I don't really remember much about it. They, and there are there are like a couple from the post Renaissance era that I hadn't watched, like Home on the Range, simply because I, I knew they weren't very good. Are you a fan of Rachel's reviews? Do you look forward to Family Movie Night, Female Film Critics Panels, or the Talking Disney Podcast? If so, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. As a patron, you get to access monthly events such as the watch-alongs and Q&As, where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry. And you can pick what I review for Family Movie Night or even become a guest on the podcast. 
podcasts and YouTube channels are expensive and I really, really could use your help. I would so appreciate it. You also get to be a member of the Facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing and we have so much fun. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the Rachel's fan tiers. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Well, we are going to go over each of the day of the eras, not decades, the eras. We're going to talk about some of your favorites and maybe some other ones and uh, least favorites. Uh, and it's, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, so we've got this golden era. So it's this Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs through Bambi. Uh, what was your favorite and least favorite? My favorite was Fantasia, which I have at number six so I'm in my overall ranking. My, my least favorite was Dumbo, which I have at 31 in my mm-hmm. overall ranking. But I did like them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty pretty high. I have Fantasia at five, so we're pretty close. Yeah. We're pretty much the same on that one. Um, that's my highest of this era. And then my lowest is Bambi at 29, but I still like all of these movies. Uh what about you, Stanford? Um, highest is Snow White at, at number five. Mm-hmm. And then I think I have all of these basically in my top. 20 all of the uh uh these Uh first films i think my lowest is actually fantasia at 19 but you know as we've discussed before rachel kind of my top 20 Uh they're almost like all even like my top 25 they're kind of like all equal it was so hard (laughs) you know um yeah class five it's so nitpicky you know Uh because fantasia is such a magnificent film i hate having it so low but i like these other ones you know just Mm-hmm. incrementally better uh, but anyway. where do you have bambi uh, I, have, um, I have bambi at 14 sorry yeah, yeah i have bambi at 16 yeah so pretty close uh yeah it's a very sweet film it's it's just relaxing i think to watch bambi yeah definitely it was it, it was very like very quite a gentle kind of slice of life bone. i really liked the, the i mean you could when you watch it you could tell all about how the how they were emphasizing the art in those days mm-hmm. just like painting this picture of the the american forest mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. such a detail. it was really, it's really beautiful to look at and and the music really complements it very well too it's a, it's a it is a lovely experience watching bambi yeah and i like the fact that the music is basically the sound effects not just music you know the whole drip drip drop little april showers <laughs> yeah is it's really good yeah, whereas so. with, with Dumbo, it wasn't quite the, the same approach because like, Dumbo was kind of like a film that wanted to get out there a bit more cheaply, wasn't it? Yeah, but I love the watercolor and a baby mine. Oh, uh, oh so yeah. good. Yeah, that, I think that was the main reason I, I have, well, well basically, it's a part of the reason like I, I ranked Dumbo relatively low oh, was because it was just because I found it quite depressing a lot of the time. <laughs> That's true. You know, it is a hard time, all these other elephants being mean to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and mean, that's one reason why I always thought it was a shame that it's kind of dismissed as being racist, which I'm not saying it doesn't have those elements in it. But at the core, the whole message of the movie is about acceptance and tolerance, yeah. which I think is so I think it's kind of sometimes I feel like it's a little throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. With a uh, Dumbo. I'm watching it now, you can kind of see how the how the crows fit uh, kind of racial stereotypes of the mm-hmm at the time but i didn't i don't i don't think it was such a big thing that it really bothered me to watch it yeah 
Uh, well, what about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Where do you have that? I have it as uh, 29. Mm-hmm. Like when I was watching it, I think he, when I was watching it, I was kind of able to like appreciate just, just think about how it must have been for people watching it at the time, the first full length animated film. Yeah, yeah. And they put so much effort into uh, into the story and the and the art, and it just must have been a great experience to watch in the in the theater in 1937. I just kind of felt it. Uh, there's some there's some bits that that, that that go on a bit too long. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the pacing isn't quite quite there for like watching it as a as a modern viewer. Mm-hmm. And I have I have Pinocchio at number 14 because I felt that was much better paced. Mm, yeah. So I like that quite a bit more than Snow White. Yeah, they they are both really interesting films. I have Snow White at ten, and you have it at five, Stanford. I have it at five. Yeah, no. I have Pinocchio at twenty five. Just just because it was just too scary for me as a kid. <laughs> Which maybe that's a point in its favor to some people because they like scary movies, but just the the donkey scene. Whew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, I actually, it's I actually realized when I was watching. When I was watching it, that the, the now that the um, that when the only boys are going off to Pleasure Island, the coach is being pulled by donkeys, and so presumably all those donkeys were used to be boys, and now they're taking all these other boys to their doom, and not being able to tell them what's going to happen. You just think of that. I think, wow, that's dark. It really is, and I have to admit, I'm just so curious to see how the heck they're going to turn that into live action. I I kind of think they'll probably just not have it have the donkey scene i i just i can't imagine that would be so horrific in this new like like cgi transformation on screen you could could make that really scary couldn't you i mean i i I, knowing these i would be shocked i i I mean they'll definitely have it in the guillermo del toro stop motion which will be amazing i think but I just can't imagine Disney doing that in the live action. So my guess is that it'll, they'll just not even have, I'd be surprised if they have the donkeys at all. But anyway, Um, so then we have the package era. We have Saludos Amigos through the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. What's your highest and lowest here? Well, I think my ranking is the opposite of yours, Rachel, because I have Saludos Amigos at the top, which is forty overall, and make my music at the at the bottom fifty four overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, my lowest is Saludos Amigos at fifty six, just because I don't really think it's a movie. <laughs> it's so short, and I don't know. It's yeah, fu- yeah. it's fine, but um, uh, but then yeah, then I have make my music. Well, no, I have Ichabod and Mr. Toad at thirty, and make my music at thirty three. Just because I think it's weird. <laughs> I like weird movies sometimes. Uh, Samra, what about you? Well, you know, as as uh, as we've talked about before, Rach, I have Saludos Amigos at 33. I think I'm the only person in the world who likes this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then uh, my bottom one is, is The Three Caballeros, uh, which I have at 51. Although... I have all four. I have Make My Music Melody, Find Fun, Fancy Free, and The Three Caballeros all, uh, you know, in the in my bottom. It's like from 48 to 51. Mm-hmm. Although um, 
I should say I have the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad at thirty. That's my favorite package film. Okay, yeah, I have it at by thirty far, as well. By far, yeah. but, but I really like Saludos Amigos as we as we discussed. So, yeah, what I do you think? Was, yeah, I just thought it was like a quite interesting. I like I just quite like the the it's quite, almost like the documentary side of it. With yeah. Yes. Exactly. Me too. But a goodwill, the goodwill tour. And then I quite enjoyed, I quite enjoyed the Pedro sequence as well. Just, I think yeah. the thing I liked most about that was the narrator and how much he was getting into it. He's so into yeah. it. <laughs> like, Drop the bell bag, Pedro. Save yourself. In the mail bag, it's just a postcard, and he goes, "Well, it might have been important." That's a little plane, right? The, the little yeah, plane. Yeah, Pedro's the little plane. Little plane. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's cute. Isn't there one about a donkey as well? There's well, like a donkey about Donald Duck at the in the first. Donald Duck, movie. who's at Lake, who's Lake Titicaca. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, you know, Burrow the uh, Burrito or something like that. I love like that. that. And Goofy, <laughs> isn't that Goofy? How to be a gaucho? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So where where do you have Saludos Amigos? Uh, Richard, yeah, I have it at number forty overall. So it was my favorite package films. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I I had it higher my, after my first ranking. I actually had Salus Amigos higher than Three Caballeros, but I have Three Caballeros at forty-seven. So it's not like I have it super high, but uh, but uh, there's there's cute things about it. I just kind of the manic energy for some reason this go around of Three Caballeros sort of worked for me, but the the animation is really good. Uh, with Panchito and Jose Caballero, but all of the stuff of Donald chasing skirt is yeah. gets really old. Really, fast. Oh, that's, that just made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> He's a duck. <laughs> what? <laughs> with it being live action women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was really weird. Um, uh, where do you have Melody Time? Uh, I have that's it. That's my second favorite. I was at forty four. Yeah. So I was, kind of, I was kind of afraid because I didn't particularly like make my music just because it was, it, it just felt so random and a lot of it felt quite dated as well. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't really engaging me. And I, yeah. when, when like Melody Time started off, I was kind of afraid it was going to be much the same. But I ended mm-hmm. up liking that a lot better. Because mm-hmm. yeah. like, like, like some of the sequences were a lot more appealing. I think they, I remember the um, the tree sequence was quite nice and, I suppose again, mm. you got the proper like story sequences like Johnny Appleseed and Pecos I Bill. Love I love Johnny yeah. Appleseed so much. I, that's a really underrated piece of Disney animation. I love the song. The Lord is good to me. So I thank the yeah, Lord. Yeah, that's such a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have, Richard, do you have one in the canon that you think uh, is underrated? Not given enough love? In the in the wartime era, no, just in general. Hey, well, I think well, I've got like the uh, the Grace Mouse Detective and uh, Tarzan in my top ten, mm-hmm. so I'd certainly call both of them over underrated. Yeah, those are good ones, definitely. Yeah. All right, so then we have the Silver Era, and we have Cinderella through the Jungle Book. Uh, what is your favorite and least favorite? Uh, my favorite is Sleeping Beauty, which I have at number five overall. My uh, my least favorite is The Sword in the Stone, which I have at forty eight overall. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. What about you, Stanford? Yeah. Um, I've got Cinderella and the Jungle Book. Uh, both like they're in my top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, well, technically the Jungle Book is two. Cinderella's three now. That's my latest ranking. Uh, but they're just so close, you know. And the, but uh, you know, I adore Sleeping Beauty. I have that at a seven. Um, the bottom one for me is Sword in the Stone too. That one I have at forty-seven. That's just I. I don't mm-hmm. care for that film. No. Yeah, I have Cinderella at four. I have Hundred One Dalmatians at six, and Sleeping Beauty at seven. So yeah, I have Hundred One Dalmatians high too. I think it's in my let's see. I have it at eight. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I have Cinderella at uh, seventeen, and the Jungle Book at eighteen. All yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Ju- Jungle Book but- I have at twenty-seven, which uh, was lower this time around for some reason than in the other times. Uh, these rankings. Mm-hmm. Are not- not very scientific. Yeah, yeah, think about the Jungle Book. I, I I loved everything about it except for Mowgli. Like, yeah, Mowgli's just a brat. He's... I just hate the ending. I think it's so annoying. Yeah. Blue's almost died for him, and uh, he's you know put all this fight about staying in the jungle, and then he sees the girl singing, and then he gets all bu- his eyes get all bugly eyed, and he gets hypnotized, and yeah, I just it's all not that, for me. All that complaining we have to put up with, and then. Suddenly, the girl <laughs> changes his mind. Yeah. Sorry, friends. Sorry for almost dying for me. I'm leaving. I don't know. Well, see, yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, but I do agree on The Sword in the Stone. I have it at 51. I don't think it's a very good film. Yeah. I, it has a couple fun little bops, but oh, yeah. I, I just don't think that the, the lessons are very helpful in him becoming king and when he pulls the sword from the stone at the end it makes no sense yeah because they because the lessons also have nothing to do with, with yeah. his destiny because exactly. he's, he just gets it by pulling a sword from a stone mm-hmm. i thought it was a lot of like showing and not like like telling and not showing as well because i'm yeah. talking about how arthur has all this potential that needs to be turned in the right direction but he's really just a drip and he's he doesn't really change from the beginning <laughs> yeah. to the end of the film yeah. Well said. Yes. I agree. I agree. I agree. Where do you have Alice in Wonderland? I have that at 30. Mm-hmm. I have it at 26. I, yeah, I ended up liking that more than I was expecting. It's it, fun it, if you can just go with the nonsense yeah, of it all. Just, just surrender to the nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I have it lower. I have it at 44. Mm-hmm. I couldn't surrender as much. <laughs> <laughs> I try. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's talk about the bronze era. So we have the Aristocats through Oliver and Company. Mm-hmm. So what is your favorite and least favorite of this uh, my era? My favorite is the Great Mouse Detective, which I have at number four. And uh, yeah. my least favorite is the Black Cauldron, which is at 58. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. My favorite is... The Adventure, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I have it 14. I have The Great Mouse Detective, Detective at 15. So they're very close. Uh, and then I, my lowest is also The Black Cauldron at 55. I have The Rescuers at 54. Uh, the Aristocats at 52. So it's 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 not the strongest era. Yeah. Uh, what about you, uh, Stanford? Well, you know, I also I think I'm the only person in the world that loves The Rescuers. So I have the rescuers at number nine. It's you know it's it's a sentimental favorite for me. Mm-hmm. And then I have the black collar is at sixty. 
Yeah. The Angry Rescue is at uh, 43. So, so low, but not that low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rachel yeah. and I, it's one of the few films on the, the canon that we really have polarized. I mean, that we're kind of opposite views yeah. on. <laughs> uh, where do you have Winnie the Pooh? Uh, I, have a, I, have, I have the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh at uh, 46. Okay. It's Pretty low. Yeah, like I wasn't really that into either of the two Winnie the Pooh films that are part of this, even though I did definitely like Winnie the Pooh as a child. Like I used to watch uh-huh. this, this TV series called The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Which I really liked. But yeah, I just didn't find the the feature films all that interesting. Yeah, what about you, Stanford? Where do you have the mini adventures? The mini adventures when you put at thirty nine. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. I don't love it. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and then I have Winnie the Pooh the twenty eleven Winnie the Pooh at forty three. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, what about Grace, Great Mouse Jack? Where do you have that? Uh, I have it at twenty eight. That's a film I like a lot. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah I, just, I just really love that one. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. I, it's it was hard for me to. I, I, I wish I could have put it a little higher. Um, it's such a good film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, kind of, I think maybe it was like it kind of introduced me to the concept of Sherlock Holmes. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember like when I when I was a child. I think the first time I I went to London and we went on the tube and I saw the sign for Baker Street and I said, "Look, that's where Basil lives." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I mean, it was it is it. definitely a gateway to all yeah. things Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And then Robin Hood was like my introduction to that character as well. And I actually, I actually have that at number 11. I was quite disappointed it didn't finish in the top 10. Oh, pretty high. Yeah. 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 I have it at 32. Yeah. But it Robin is my it, Robin Hood and Jungle Book are my dad's favorites. So we definitely yeah. watch them a lot and have a lot of nostalgia for them. Yeah. It was just, yeah Robin Hood was just like, it felt like a, like a comfort film. But it was yes. just so, so much fun with like both both how good how good Robin himself is as a hero and just how comical the villains are. And mm-hmm. I love anthropomorphic Disney's anthropomorphic animals. I love so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe I not chicken little, but, uh, Well, chicken. Yeah, I would say with the exception of Chicken Little, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Robin Hood and Zootopia are the yeah. ones I love. Yeah. Well, when I was watching Zootopia, yeah. I was thinking, could this be what Chicken Little could have been like with effort? Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I have I have Robin Hood at twenty seven. You know, okay. it's it's a movie I like I like a lot. So the Renaissance we have coming up next, oh, uh, yeah. and it's the Little Mermaid through to Tarzan, and uh, you have a bunch from this era in your top ten. Uh, I got four in my top ten. Yeah, yeah. At uh, what what, uh, what are those four? Well, I have The Lion King at number one. Uh, Beauty and the Beast at number two, Aladdin at three, and Tarzan at seven. Nice. Yeah. And what's your lowest on this era? Uh, lowest is The Rescue is Down Under at 38. Mm-hmm. I, I like, with, like the golden era. I still, I still think it's a good film. It's just, just not as good compared to the quality of the rest of the of the era. Mm-hmm. And you have you have Rescuers Down Under ahead of Rescuers, correct? Uh, that's right, yeah. Five, five spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Uh, so I have Rescuers Down Under at 46. Where do you have that one, uh, Stanford? 23. I love 23. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So your top three are from this era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to deny. I mean, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. So good. So good. Yeah. These are just, these are basically like the films that, that just I remember most fondly from my. From my childhood, and that's oh, like yeah. 
I enjoy walking so much in my mm-hmm. age at this time. Yeah, I bet like I like The Lion King is my favorite because there's just like nothing like no other Disney film like affected me as emotionally as The Lion King did. Like I ended up seeing it twice in cinemas. Like first, I think it was like a we had like a class trip to go and see it, and then I watched it afterwards with my family. And they mm-hmm. did. They just they, it stuck in my mind like no like no other film. Just the emotional power of it. Yeah, I also have four from this era in my top ten. I have Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, The Lion King, and Mulan in my top ten. Yeah. I have The Little Mermaid at twelve, so it's almost mm-hmm. there. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Uh, you want to stay yeah. on the show? No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have two in my top ten. Beauty and the Beast at number one, Aladdin at six. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I love them so much. You know, they all come into my, my, I think the majority of them are in my top 25. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, where, Richard, do you have Mulan? I have Mulan at 23. Okay. What about you, Stanford? 15. Yeah. I just, I love that film. I do too. I love it. I love the songs and I I love the character and the whole cutting hair sequence is so good. Oh yeah. And oh, the music uh, in that scene. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so good. Uh, and I, I couldn't believe they just got rid of that for the live action. I, no, like, I, I still haven't actually watched the live action one. Ah, oh, be grateful. Yeah. <laughs> but, I have been quite great. disappointed when I rewatched Pocahontas because I remember I really loved that one. When I was younger, and uh, and I've only put it at like thirty seven, so like one space above the rescue is down under because it just didn't it didn't quite do it for me just as, as much as it did before. Yeah, I have it at fifty. So yeah. <laughs> I have it at thirty six. I there's much I like about Pocahontas, and then it's got some huge problems. <laughs> yeah. For me. yeah, it's just hard to ignore the the kind of sanitization of the history. Yes, exactly. That Even though just... like the music and the music and the songs are still wonderful. Yeah, and I think the animation is gorgeous, oh, but yeah. Um, oof, yeah, the history um, part is yeah. hard. I didn't even quite like the look of the characters as much. So it's kind of quite they have quite this uh, angular look. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I I just find her annoying <laughs> i don't really like her as a character it's just commentary i'm so honest the character is my favorite um, but, but what about hercules that's one we haven't really talked much on this show about what do you think about hercules richard hercules is all right i have it at 34 mm-hmm. i remember like when i was i did too i have it at 34 or two richard yeah when i was watching it in a cinema i think i was mainly pointing out all the all the liberties it takes with Greek mythology. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. it combines so many things that oh, it yeah. is kind of a mess, but I I guess I kind of appreciate that. It's kind of similar to why I like make my music, because sometimes I like messes. I like things that are weird and different and uh, <laughs> strange. Yeah. You know that uh, the Disney where you wanted the Spice Girls to voice the muses? <laughs> yeah. uh, I I love the gospel songs that are the play on gospel songs are so fun, and I guess they are making it into a Broadway musical. Yeah, you know they did one. They did kind of like a one off that they did in the park. I think was it in twenty nineteen, like in Central Park in New York, which was yeah. like the hottest ticket supposedly. And I think that they have done the like test run in like Toronto or someplace like that. Uh, and they're it, opening up at the play mill or something. Yeah, and, something like yeah. that. And yep. 
I mean, I kind of like, how the heck do you make that? I mean, it's just so all over the place. How do you make it into a Broadway musical? Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, Alan Macon, he's the king. So is he working uh, on it? I have it at 20. I yeah. think he is working on it, Richard, from what I understand from yeah. my theater friends that yeah. fill me in on this stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and I remember him saying at D23 that it was one of the most exciting experiences that he had participated in. They was really, really enjoying it. Uh, but, um, uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because it's just so random. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Well, the post-Renaissance, we have Fantasia 2000 through to Princess and the Frog. Um, what do you, what's your favorite and least favorite? Hey, well, this is a little, quite of a dark era for, for me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have a Fantasia 2000 at number one. It's a 24 overall. And I actually have like five films from this area in my bottom 10. So, so right at the bottom is Chicken Little at 60. It was kind of a hard choice between Home on the Range and Chicken Little for the bottom one. But I, I was kind of making, if I was, if I was kind of undecided in like positions in the ranking, I was thinking like if I had to choose between these two films, which one would I rather watch? And as, as creatively bankrupt as Home on the Range is, it is a pretty harmless film. Whereas Chicken Little is just quite quite ugly and mean-spirited yeah yeah it's i see i can see that i have uh chicken little at 58 i have dinosaur at 59 and i have home on the range at 60 uh brother bear 56 uh brother bear i have really low 57 um what about uh you have you have meet the robinsons pretty low yeah you, yeah, I just, I just didn't find that very enjoyable to watch just because there's so much just, just like having so many annoying characters thrown at me <laughs> like, like I thought the story wasn't I thought the story wasn't too bad but there was mm-hmm. a, like, some, some interesting ideas there but it was just, it was just this hey, hey, no, just, hey. I just found so much of it quite annoying and not a, not a nice experience to watch mm-hmm. where do you have that one Stanford? I have made the Robinsons at 45 mm-hmm. and i would I, I agree with richard i think that was probably the difficult things for me is just so many characters and, and, yeah. I feel, and i feel like that detracts from the emotional core that the film has you know? yeah it is kind of schizophrenic i i have it at 36 i've right kind of in the middle uh so you're a big dinosaur person so i was right. curious what you thought richard about dinosaur well, even well, even when I was young, I was quite underwhelmed by by Dinosaur because I, I have it at fifty three, so slightly higher than either of you, I think. 
just because it's not the you know, they don't give it a very interesting story and the, the dinosaurs don't even look that good like when you have the the dinosaurs with these kind of human expressions on their faces it just it just looks weird mm-hmm. yep and they, they could have a and it could have been so much better if they'd gone with the original pro- approach of having it like a documentary with the dinosaurs not talking. Yeah. It could have been something quite quite fresh and unique. I agree. Well, and, and they have such beautiful world building with the real life backgrounds and everything. Oh, yeah. And then 15 minutes, maybe 10 minutes into the movie, it's just like desert, blah, you know. And, and so it ruined that whole aspect of it doesn't really... It's not that pretty of a movie. It doesn't help beyond that first opening. Yeah, and, yeah. and then the dialogue isn't very good either because it just sounds mm. like in the land before time. It sounds properly. It, it has more like a timeless feel, where the, whereas in dinosaur you got the same things like they call me the professor of love and schools in session. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you agree, Stanford. Uh, I hate that movie so much. <laughs> I have it at 59. Yeah, same with me. 59. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fantasia 2000, we haven't really talked about that much on this series. Uh, I, I think it has some really strong moments. And I it's almost best to watch it on something like Disney Plus. And you can just fast forward all of the annoying interstitials. Uh, but, uh, but I do think it hurts at the fact that it has the Sorcerer's Apprentice in there. Because then you have something immediately to compare all these new ones to. Which... It's not they're they're not as good as that one. So it's like admitting to your audience that it's not as good as the original. I don't know. I think that was a mistake. But I do love Rhapsody in Blue. I think that one is beautiful. That one was my favorite. Yeah, Rhapsody. Yeah. That's my favorite too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the uh, of the just feels slightly out of place simply because it's it's already been done. And then the Donald Duck yeah. one feels feels out of place as well. But I did I did like all the others. Mm-hmm. I did, like I said, it doesn't it doesn't quite reached the heights of the original Fantasia, but I, no. still felt it, I, I still felt it was pretty good overall. Yeah. And I'm always quite taken. Oh, sorry. Andrew. No, no. After you, Rachel. I was just gonna say, where do you have that one again? I have that at 24. 24. Well, I have I the, the group at 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have Fantasia 2000 at 39. Yeah. So kind of in the middle. Yeah. Uh, what about where do you have Atlantis? Well, I quite like that one. I have it at thirty-three, so in mm-hmm. the so in the middle. Yeah, I have it at forty-three. I I, I don't hate it. That yeah, uh, I it either. I have it at forty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's like an alternate universe where it was more of a box office success, and so Kido was added to the Disney Princess lineup. Mm-hmm. Because of all of the unofficial Disney princesses, she, there, there are certainly a lot worse than her. Yeah, and it has some fun action, and the yeah. the world building and the ships and everything are kind of fun, and yeah. uh, so I it has some things to enjoy. And we would have gotten a cool ride at Disneyland. I know, <laughs> had it been a better movie, you know, better accepted, it would have <laughs> had a really cool ride. Bummer. Yeah. So, all right, let's go on to we have the revival era. Mm-hmm. The Princess and the Frog through, uh, well, see, we've asked everybody this question on the show. Richard, do you think that we are in a post-revival era, or do you think we're still in the revival? Um, I think it's. Uh, I think we'd have to go a little bit further into the future to properly judge. Mm-hmm. But, uh, right now, I kind of feel like there's still one era because I feel there's been like a great deal of, deal of consistency 
with, with the, the later Disney films. Like when I was, after I got past uh, Winnie the Pooh, I, I knew mm-hmm. that uh, all the films that come after this one I really like. So this has been quite a, quite a strong and consistent time for me, and I don't really feel like it can be divided into two different eras just yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have two from this era in your top 10. Can you tell us what those are? Uh, Frozen at number eight and Tangled at number nine. So what do you like about those two? Well, I think I think I watched Frozen before Tangled. And it was kind of Frozen that kind of got me going thinking this is really like a return to the to the old Disney magic of the Renaissance. You have this this great this really lovely story with the these really interesting characters. Kind of like I kind of like explored in this this more in this way you expect from more modern films. Kind of the the character of the spectrum of both Anna and and Elsa. And then mm-hmm. the, and then later when I watched Tang- Angle, I think I think I. Like I still put Tangle like slightly below Frozen, but that's it. But that's still very strong as well. Oh, I really like the the characters in that as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, like oh, yeah, like and Flynn and and Mother Gothel as well as the as the villain. Yeah, they're both really good films. I have Frozen at uh, Frozen at twelve, and I have Tangled at uh, where are you? Tangled? I've tangled at three. <laughs> so I have them both really high. Uh, Stanford, where do you have Frozen? I have Frozen at eighteen. Mm-hmm. I I I really love Frozen for all the reasons that you yeah. mentioned. Um, such a good film. Yeah, and then where do you have Tangled? Tangled at uh, ten. Yeah, which I love, love, love Tangled. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so good. I was excited, Richard, to see that you have Ralph Breaks the Internet ahead of Wreck-It Ralph, because I feel like that's a take that Stanford and I have that most don't. Yeah, I really, I really loved Ralph Breaks the Internet. And I think I, and I put uh, Wreck-It Ralph quite high as well. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, really, I really enjoyed them both, but I, think I just found Ralph Breaks the Internet to be, to be a really fun film. Mm. What's your favorite part about it? Um, probably... Probably the, the Disney stuff. Yeah, the princess. And the, the princesses and like all the other like little Easter eggs when mm-hmm. Benelope goes into that world. Yeah, yeah. me too. That's really fun. And I love that we got like surprise Alan Menken song <laughs> in the middle. The, the, the right yeah. song. That was really fun. Yeah. Um, you have Zootopia pretty high. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a great one as well. Mm-hmm. Where do you have uh, Zootopia, uh, Stanford? 16. I have Zootopia at twenty three, so pretty pretty high too. I have uh, Moana at eleven, um, so that's pretty high. I mean, Moana I have at twenty one, but I think it actually has my favorite uh, overall soundtrack of the mm-hmm. uh, of the revival era of the, yes. of the musicals in that era. Yeah, like I, it has the most songs that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really hit gold with Ale Cravalho. Oh. She was so good. The soundtrack to Moana is yeah, ex- is just excellent. Yeah, you're yeah, you're welcome is my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So fun. Yeah, I saw I, I saw I think after Moana came out, there was this uh, video on YouTube of um someone like remixed the, the songs that long to, to give it a Star Wars approach. So it was like Luke singing it to Ray at the beginning of The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I, and I thought, I hope The Last Jedi starts out out like this. <laughs> 
And then when I actually watched Dust at the airport, yeah, that definitely would have been better. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally agree. Uh, so the latest one, Encanto, where did you have that? I have that at 22. So yeah. another good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was a, as a very strong entry. I'm kind of ready for them to do something different, and I hope they do with this new upcoming movie. I'm ready for like a real villain again so much. Yeah, what's it again? The new film is it? Yeah. Strange World is the current yeah. title of it. We'll see if that's. Yeah, I knew it was something like that. Strange. Yeah, I'm thinking Stranger Things, but obviously it's not that. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to ask you. I forgot in the post Renaissance. What do you think about Treasure Planet? Because I know you're a big space person. Yeah, I um, he, I thought well, he had some good ideas. That it, it didn't feel the. The execution wasn't the best. Like when they get mm-hmm. to the when they actually get to the planet, it didn't feel quite as good. I think the like mm. the, the relationship between Jim and Silver was good, but I thought I thought it was kind of kind of average overall. I have it at forty one. So that's where before. I have it too, forty one. So I thought in terms of like the the steampunk approach, that the Atlantis and Lost Empire was better. Oh yeah, I I have Treasure Planet at forty four. All right. So pretty close to you close. guys. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. This was a lot of fun to get to hear yeah. about your ranking. Yeah, yeah, your rankings are so great. Thank you so much, Richard. This has really, really been great. Yeah, thanks a lot. It was, it was really fun to do. And it's uh, it's really nice to, to talk to you about it as well. Yeah. Well, if people want to follow your reviews and uh, your content, how, uh, how can they follow you online? Well, I, well my blog is uh, velociraptor256 at wordpress.com. And um, I'm on Twitter at uh, rj underscore southward. Great. And uh, Stanford, where can people find you? On Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark. And I have a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at movies PAP, as in past and present. Right. And you can make sure to follow us at Disney Talking on Twitter. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check that out. And also, if you are listening to the podcast on uh, iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. Five stars helps us out a lot. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group, which is a lot of fun, and our merch store, which has hashtag animation junkie shirts. So please take a look at that. And uh, thanks again, Richard. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone. Uh, Bye. Bye Bye.